is the Business of Reselling podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Oman. All right, everybody, it's time for episode 25 of the Business of Reselling podcast. I'm your host, Jessica, and uh, today's episode is all about taxes and books and receipts, which sounds super boring, um, but it's an important part of your business. And I have been asked um, by a listener who is also named Jessica uh, to do an episode about this. And it makes absolute sense. It is really important. Um, But I have kind of removed myself from the process of bookkeeping and taxes because I hire this process out. So I'm going to talk about why I did that. Um, Even though I have all the education and knowledge to be able to do it myself, I do not do it myself. Um, So I'm going to talk about that too, as a a way to think about your um, bookkeeping as something you can conceivably outsource and you don't have to maintain 100% control over all the time. Uh, Before I get to that, we're having an auction, a comic book auction. So I'm going to put the link in the show notes and it is ending tonight, April 18th, the day that this episode airs. If you're interested in seeing what we're auctioning, how we're auctioning it, we use a platform called Live Auction World, also known as iCollector. They're the same company. And we've been using them for a long time to do online auctions to sort of liquidate excess inventory when we have it. And we always have excess inventory of comic books. Uh, So we're doing an auction there. And you may be wondering if you've been following us on whatnot, why we're not running the auctions on whatnot. And the reason is just to do with whatnot's shipping policies and us not being in control of the shipping amount. So with whatnot, um, they they choose a shipping rate, which makes it like easier for sellers, but not so good for buyers because in Canada anyway, they're adding like a dollar to two dollars per item that a bidder wins. So if a bidder were to bid on 30 of our comic books, they would end up paying like 30 bucks in shipping or 40 bucks in shipping uh, US, uh, which is crazy. It, It doesn't, I mean, shipping is expensive in Canada, but not like that. And because I don't have control over that and I don't like buyers being ripped off, uh, we're not going to use whatnot until they give us the option to upload our own shipping labels and control what we charge for shipping. Now, apparently they're rolling this out in the UK uh, now, which is very exciting. So hopefully it will come to Canada soon. Anyway, long story short, comic book auction, 249 lots, link in the show notes, ends tonight. Uh, Definitely uh, check it out. There's some great comic books there. And hey, there may even be some deals for resellers. We always end up selling comic books below value um, sometimes, and that's absolutely fine because they gotta go. So go check it out. Uh, In other news in the business, update on the Barbies, which is like a non-update. I had to put them away. Like it's been over a month. Uh, We've been working on basically nothing but dolls and I have to stop. Our business kind of relies on variety. And while I always say that it is a good idea to try and list many items in the same category to attract repeat buyers and people who buy um, large amounts of the same kinds of items. Um, it was suffocating the rest of the business and I had to stop. I mean, there were tables and tables and tables spread out with just like little tiny clothing pieces and me trying to match them up. And in the end, it, it 
it, it was like, we did a lot. We've made our money back. We're well into the profit on that purchase and I have to put it away for a while. Now, if you're a Barbie person and you're watching our store and you're interested in um, whether or not we're going to have more, we are. I still have five bins, <laughs> five bins, and uh, I will get to them eventually. I don't know when that eventually is, but there will be some more Barbie stuff trickling into the store over the next few months for sure. Now, when I put it away, our sales slowed down immediately. The Barbie stuff has been selling really well, and um, I'm really kind of struggling with this idea of like, should I just keep focusing on it? Because it is bringing money into the business, but it is also overwhelming other aspects of the business. So I wasn't really sure strategically whether to stop or not, but I think for my own sanity, it was probably a good idea. However, it did affect our sales. Um, so that's the reality of it. Um, we are ready for another quality pick. We haven't had one since the Barbies. We've just been kind of picking up little bits and pieces of things here and there, but nothing really bulky, um, not a lot of quantity. So we're looking for kind of something new and fresh to bring into the store, even though the warehouse is pretty full and we really need to have a warehouse sale. But the problem is that it rains every single day. And in order to properly have a warehouse sale, we have to be able to spread out into our parking lot. And every weekend has been rain, 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 rain. So, ah, kind of in this spot where we're feeling stuck. Uh, anyway, that's what's going on with the business. Um, you'll hear all about the sales situation in my April month in review video. Speaking of videos, uh, I've been really struggling to learn to use video editing software effectively, and that's been kind of uh, keeping me from posting more video content. Um, I really don't know how to add overlays and effects and things like that. So if you have tips for me, I'm um, definitely interested in hearing them. I've been kind of experimenting with a couple of different uh, apps for that. And I don't know. I don't really feel like the videos have a really pro quality about them, but that's not going to stop me from putting them out there. I just want to get better at it. And that's why my um, my video content has been a little sparse, a little sparse. So anyway, that's what's going on with Storage Warrior. Moving on to today's topic of taxes and bookkeeping. Okay, so it's tax time right now. And maybe you're pulling your hair out trying to figure out what numbers to put where in your tax return. Um, so I recently had a question, as I mentioned, from listener Jessica S asking me to do an episode on and I quote, what organizing your books looks like from a business standpoint, everything from inventory to taxes, to receipts, and any programs you use to make life easier. So while my experience is going to be from a Canadian perspective, and the examples I use in this podcast will be Canadian. Um, it's This episode is going to be useful, I think, for resellers, no matter where you're located, because this is really about explaining how I organize things for tax purposes. And that organization is important no matter where you live and where you're reselling or what time of year it is. So even if you've already filed your 2022 taxes, there's still no better time than now to get more organized for next year. So I will not be getting into really specific tax stuff, especially not USA specific tax stuff, nor will I be getting into Canadian tax law because I don't know much about it. Um, but if you are kind of earlier in your journey of reselling, you may not have your basics when it comes to bookkeeping and taxes ready to go. So I'm gonna talk about that. Now, not all of you are going to like my approach and that's absolutely fine, but it is kind of my approach to a lot of things in business and in life. 
which is don't overthink this. It is really easy to get bogged down in tiny little numbers and backing out sales tax and keeping track of every dollar that you have spent on which items and where your inventory budget was allocated and all of that. That stuff can really bog down your business and take you away from your daily operations. So for tax filing purposes, it's important to just keep your expense categories simple and make those categories things that you remember and understand. So however you are doing your books, you can quickly and easily allocate expenses to the correct categories. And what you want to do is try to match those up to the categories that um, that your government has on their business tax return form. So for us in Canada, for a sole proprietorship and a partnership, it's the T2125 form. And it has 10 or 15 expense categories on it that you fill out. So as closely as possible, I try to match up the expense categories in my bookkeeping software to the expense categories on the T2125, which makes it a lot faster and easier to fill out. So don't overthink it is the thesis of this episode. Now, obviously, the number one thing you need to do if you haven't done it already is to open a separate bank account for your business. You have to be able to keep your business expenses separate from your personal ones, or it will just all become too confusing. Now, in Canada, a lot of you will be running sole proprietorships or partnerships, which function almost the same way as having a job in that all of the income from your sole proprietorship is considered your income, and then you pay income tax on that income. So if you know that, you might be thinking, do I really need to separate my business and my personal expenses out? If it all counts as my personal income anyway, yes, you absolutely do need to separate it out, especially if you have a spouse or partner that you're filing with. Um, the more separated it can be, the easier it's going to be at tax time. So we have two business accounts. We have a US dollar account on Canadian soil where our eBay payments get deposited. And then we have our regular Canadian bank account, which is what we pay most of our expenses out of. Uh, plus, we have PayPal for the um, occasions where we get paid through PayPal. There's a few platforms like Bonanza and whatnot that pay us through PayPal. So we have that account as well. So we've got three business accounts. Uh, that's what we do. You can do it in different ways. There's also business savings accounts that you can open up if you want to keep if you want to put some of your business savings aside. Um, you've got lots of options, and it all depends on your own personal financial situation, which you will hear me say over and over again. So you've got your separate bank account. The first thing I want to talk about is inventory tracking. And I think this is where a lot of people really get stuck. Um, there are lots of resellers out there who use spreadsheets and have been using spreadsheets for a long time to track every single thing that they buy, what they paid for it, what they sold it for, the fees on that specific item, and so on and so forth. Um, that's great if you love that kind of stuff. It's not scalable. It's not to our level of sales anyway. So we track our inventory purchases as a lump sum. Now, what that's called in business speak is cost of goods sold or COGS. Okay, that's, that's the term. So if I sold an item for $100 and it cost me $10 to buy that item, then my COGS was $10. And you can also incorporate shipping 
cost of postage into your cost of goods sold. So the concept there is like, I sell this item and then these are my cogs are all of the costs of acquiring, processing and selling that item. So for us, we track our inventory as a lump sum because if we go out and spend $2,500 on a collection or $12,000 on Barbies like we did last month and we acquire thousands of things, there's no logical way to apply a specific dollar amount to each one of those items. I couldn't count. I could barely even estimate how many items were in that van. I mean, it was probably five or 10,000 things. So am I going to apply $1 or $1.08 in inventory costs to each one of those items? No, it doesn't make any sense to do that. And in any bulk purchase, there's always going to be things that you end up not being able to sell and they just get donated to Value Village or whatever. So those are just sunk costs. It's too complicated to separate it all out when you're buying thousands of things at a time. So you can't even imagine putting a truckload of individual items in a spreadsheet and itemizing the cost of each one. It just can't be done. So lump sum, that's what we do. We just, we spent $2,500 on this. Here's our purchase order that generally outlines what we bought and boom, that goes into the books. Um, the other reason why we don't itemize everything is that our inventory purchases are such a small percentage of our income. So it's not like we're buying something for $500 and selling it for $2,000, in which case it would be really important to keep track of those large inventory purchases. Our inventory purchases were only 6%, about 6% of our revenue last year. So when we acquire thousands of it, things every single year, tens of thousands of things, the cost of acquisition averages less than a dollar per item and it's pointless to itemize this at scale. Um, so, but that's what we do for our business and you're all going to have different business models. Again, if your costs of inventory are larger as a percentage of the sales that you make, it may be more important to itemize those costs of goods to make sure that you're always making your margins on each item that you sell. We don't need to do that. You might want to track it closer than we do, but for us, it's a neg negligible cost. So we just do not itemize it. So that's how we treat inventory purchases. Next up, I'll talk about receipts and expenses. Um, now, I'm actually really bad at staying organized with receipts. <laughs> I'm getting better at it. <laughs> My bookkeeper is always telling me to get better at it. So I'm trying. Um, now, if we do an inventory purchase, I create a purchase order if there's no receipt from the seller, which is like common, right? You're buying from individuals, so they're not businesses, so they can't produce receipts. So that's usually the case. And I just create a purchase order for them with the total on it and a general summary of what we bought. And then um, for my receipts, I just snap photos of them. Or if I have digital copies, I just keep those all in a shared folder for my bookkeeper. And then she makes sure that they all get allocated to the correct expense categories. Um, and I also add notes on my bank and credit card statements so the bookkeeper knows how to allocate them. So keeping track of your receipts, whether you're keeping track of paper receipts or digital receipts, whether you're doing it yourself or hiring it out, it's just about having those categories like these receipts are for inventory these receipts are for subcontractors these receipts are for meals um that's the level of organization that is most 
likely going to be sufficient for tax purposes for your small business. Now, for me, it's too much. I mean, we have hundreds of transactions a month just in sales and hundreds more transactions a month in expenses. I can't handle that on my own. Um, and I also hate it. It's like, it's just one of the aspects of business that I, I have the knowledge to do it myself, but I, 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 I dislike it so much that I hire it out. So I hired a bookkeeper very early in our business. Um, and for me, it's a worthy expense, a few hundred dollars a month for that peace of mind and not having to think about, uh, you know, where those expenses are going or making sure that they're in the right place is so worth the money for me. Now, I know it's easy for me to say that um, we're, you know, higher revenue than a lot of sellers. I've got room in the budget to hire a bookkeeper. So you might be thinking, well, that's crazy. I can't spend three, four, five hundred dollars a month on a bookkeeper. I get it. Um, but for me, that's time that I'm getting back to work on other parts of my business, which I think ends up resulting in higher sales in the long run. So I just think about just like anything that you would spend money on your business. When you pay money for a service, you are buying your time back. And that matters. And for me, buying my time back from doing my own books was like absolutely critical uh, for my own sanity. <laughs> so I did it. Uh, so that's receipts. Just keep those organized by category. Uh, fairly straightforward. And oh, I don't think I even mentioned this, but we do use QuickBooks. It's the standard small business software, um, integrates with everything. You can download bank statements in the QBO format, and then they just upload right into the software. Um, the bookkeeper has cloud access to it. It's like the easiest thing for us. You have other options um, for small business. I think that in the US, there's a service called My Reseller Genie, which I have heard excellent things about and have met the founders who are also resellers and absolutely passionate about making their product as robust as they can for us in this industry. So if you're in the US, I would highly recommend checking out My Reseller Genie. Um, a lot of people were using GoDaddy, but I guess that service was retired last year. So people are still looking for new alternatives. Um, so check that out if you're in the US. I can't recommend anything better than QuickBooks for Canadian resellers. So now it is tax time. I'm still working on my taxes, getting close to the end. Um, things you need to know for taxes as a reseller. Uh, I'll just touch on sales tax really quickly. If you sell $30,000, Canadian or more in a year, you have to register for a GST number. And that means that all the GST that you um, collect from your sales needs to be remitted to the government. And generally, that is the money, the GST that you collect on your sales minus any GST that you paid on your expenses. So you don't actually remit all of it, right? Because some of it gets subtracted. Um, and now eBay has started collecting and remitting GST on our behalf. And that's actually really nice because you will probably end up getting a GST refund. So whereas before I was collecting GST sales tax on all of my eBay sales, collecting it myself, going into my account under my GST number. And then I was responsible for remitting that sales tax back to the government. And my expenses only reduced that GST obligation by so much. So we were paying out 
a few thousand dollars a year uh, to the government in GST. Now eBay collects and remits that GST and it doesn't touch our GST account at all. It's their GST account. So what's now happened is I'm not collecting all of that GST, but I still get to reduce my GST obligation by the GST I paid on my expenses. So this year we're getting our first ever refund. It's only like $100, but what? So great that I don't have to remit any money to the government for goods and services tax. Um, so that's for $30,000, which like if you're trying to scale up your reselling business at all, you're going to get there really fast. That's not a lot of money. So if you think that's the direction you're heading with your reselling, just go register for the GST number. It doesn't cost you anything. There's a link in the show notes on where to go to do that. Um, now, as for recording your business income and expenses, as I mentioned earlier, sole proprietorships and partnerships use the T2125 statement. And the categories on that statement for expenses are relatively simplistic. So try to match them up to your books. So for example, there's a category for like, I think it's called legal and professional fees, which incorporates lots of things, you know, bookkeeping, um, it can incorporate licenses, like your business license and all kinds of stuff. And it all just gets lumped into that category. It doesn't have a category for commissions. So if you do consignment, note that that's going to have to show up in other expenses or something, the commissions that you would pay out to your consignment clients. And that can be a big number. So for us, that's, you know, that's a number in the five figures that we're paying out in commissions. And I just have to lump that into um, like the other category because the T2125 doesn't have a category for commissions. Um, so as best you can, just try to match up your bookkeeping records to those categories. It just makes the form that much faster to fill out, but just know you will likely have to lump a few categories together to fit the CRA's categories. That's Canada Revenue Agency, and you cannot add your own. Um, now, as I mentioned already a few minutes ago, if you're a sole proprietor or a partnership, um, that means you're not a corporation, your business income is considered your personal income and you pay taxes on the profits just like you would pay income tax from your job. They are considered one and the same. So finding deductions is going to be really important to bring your profit into a tax bracket that most benefits you. Now you can look at all kinds of things in and outside of your business to help reduce that tax obligation, including contributions to your RRSP. For you Americans, that's the... Um, registered retirement savings plan, be similar to your 401k. Um, TFSAs, which is a tax-free savings account. Um, and that's an account you can put, uh, it's about, I think it's about $6,600 a year into that is tax-free money. You can invest it and um, enjoy the profits of those investments also tax-free. Um, so you can look into all of those types of accounts and investing in savings opportunities to reduce your tax obligations. But all of that is going to depend on your personal financial situation and whether you're filing with a spouse or a dependent. Um, there's just so many factors that go into figuring out how to pay the least tax that I can't really comment on what could work best for resellers because your scale of selling and mine are probably different. and 
your method of filing and your level of investments and your dependents and all of this stuff. So it all um, it all changes depending on your personal financial situation. So if you're not sure how to best take advantage of tax saving opportunities, uh, you should talk to an accountant. You just should. There's really no way around that if you're not an accountant yourself. <laughs> um, so that's pretty much what I do. And there's there's nothing else to it. I try to stay as organized as I can. I keep things in relatively simple categories. I pass it all off to my bookkeeper. And if she has questions about it, she lets me know. Um, I really like the hands-off approach to bookkeeping. It's important to me. I can spend time on the business in other ways, um, doing activities that are more enjoyable for me and that result in higher sales. So that's why I hire that out. Um, so that's pretty much what we do. Call to action today is what is challenging you when it comes to bookkeeping and taxes? Ask me your questions and I will refer you to the best resources I can find to help you figure out how to maximize your tax saving opportunities and keep your reselling business as organized as possible. Okay, next episode is one that I've been kind of waiting for a little while to do. And this one's called going to be called is reselling shameful dealing with stigma and haters. Um, as you all know, you've probably experienced um, people who just hate the fact that you're a reseller, or just, you know, things like, you know, you go to a thrift store, and you buy something for resale, and people say, oh, you're taking a, an opportunity away from a low-income person who might need that thing. Um, there's people who sell things at yard sales who just get mad at you if you say you're a reseller. You can think of examples and stories, and I'll share a bunch of those in the next episode, but I just want to talk about that, some of the psychology behind it, and some of the things that you can do to kind of work with that stigma um, and just be loud and proud about your reselling business, because we all should be. So uh, don't forget to like and subscribe on the YouTube channel. That is youtube.com slash at storage warrior podcast. I will be uploading. I am uploading more video content there, including a recent video where I have a pretty good rant about why I will never sell on Facebook marketplace. So if you're interested in that, make sure to go check it out on the YouTube channel. We will see you next time. Some resources in the show notes for you, including a link to sign up for QuickBooks and get 75% off your first three months. So a few cool things there. All right, that's it. Have a great week. We'll see you next time.